Tom, do you have something you would like to share with the group? Yes, I do. After six long, hard years, I can finally see my penis again. Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of dish. Good evening, ladies and gents, and welcome back to another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast streaming live on Digital Stream Radio, where you can access that live stream every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can do so by visiting digitalstreamradio.com. My name is Tom, and I am your host, and as always, I'm in the studio, uh, well, with some of the people that are supposed to be here. There's just two of us, so we've got a... Hey, y'all, Nick or Trish. And that's it. Welcome to the dash. So yeah, that's pretty, pretty much. much it. It's just us two. But we're excited. Dr. Evan Goldstein will join us on today's show. He's going to be um, talking about this month's Tales from the Tail. We're talking about butt condoms, right? No, we're talking about condoms. What's next for protection? What's next? Oh, cool. I'm excited, though. Um, you, not only are, are we excited, we get to see the wonderful, beautiful Dr. Evan Goldstein. Oh, He's yeah. gorgeous. You know, I mean, how lucky are we that for the past three years, three plus years, we get to see this man at least once a month. We have a a longstanding appointment with him and we get to learn so much. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty great. I, I'm now I'm looking up when the first time he was on the show. Oh, my God. I It had to be 2018, I believe. Let's see. And if that was the case, then it would probably be four years. When was it? Come on. I'm getting there. I'm getting Suspense. There. Suspense. What What did you say? 2018. Suspense. Mar- March 5th, 2018. My God. Yeah. So it's been four years. Four years. <laughs> and he's been trying to get rid of us ever since. Not happening. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I mean, so it's been four years, a lot of um, staff changes on his PR team. Mm-hmm. And it seems like as we get a new person, right, because people in PR, people move a lot. We th- these people are amazing. I don't know who they are, but they're great people. Yeah. What? Uh, MNLR group or something like that. Yeah. No, they're great. Yeah. They've gotten to the point where now they just text me. They don't even email anymore. Right. <laughs> They know I'm like so inundated, so they just text me. Right, and it's better. I mean, she's she's been busy. Um, so first and foremost, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. All is well in the land of Oz. Yeah, I mean, uh, last night was a something. Oh yes, it was. Uh, and I am you know in full swing at the theater. Um, I'm looking forward to July. <laughs> I, I can imagine, right, because it's very stressful when you're prepping for it. So in theater, uh, for those of you who don't know, she's in theater. She's been in theater for many years. Mm. June tends to be the month that a lot of theater companies typically have their galas, mm-hmm. right? And so it's very stressful to get ready for an event like this. Yeah. And especially since you booked the headliner that you have, right? Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I mean it's not stressful. The event isn't the str- like the stressful thing. It's the raising the money right. part of it. Right. You because know, because that's the whole purpose of the event is right. to raise money to help out for the rest of the season, right? And yeah. to do other things and you know, yeah. projects and the event planning is easy. It's right. like that's done. Yeah, she's got it in the bag. But like looking at the bottom line, I'm just like every day I'm like, okay, just one more check, <laughs> more, one more transfer, one more check. Um, but but it's going really well. I'm super positive about it. I yeah. think it's going to be a great event. Um, but this is my first, you know, gala planning it, you know, from scratch. So from, from soup to nuts. Yeah. And normally you have like six months and I had about three and a half. <laughs> right. No, but, but, you know, like I said, you're going to do fine. You, you've always done great. Um, and you know the work that you, you need to do. You know your your field. And mm-hmm. so you'll be fine. Yeah. Be so fine. I'm going to flip the script. How are you going I'm back go- to work? I'm. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
um, let's just say medically I'm going through it and, um, there's some issues, you know, with, you know, anxiety and all of that, all of that stuff of, of going back into a building, um, filled with people. And, um, I, I've been having a very hard time with that. And so I, I've also had other health issues and I've been taking some medication. And, and unfortunately, one of the side effects of that medication is diarrhea. And I've been on the like faucet open fast flow for like three and a half weeks now. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to the doctor and I, I, I went to, to see my primary care on April 7th. And you've lost like about how many pounds? I'm going to tell you right now. I have to open up my health app. So when I measured, uh, when I weighed myself at the doctors at the time, I was, let's see, uh, show all data. That was April 7th, 258 pounds. So almost 260. I weighed myself this morning, three and a half weeks after having like this open faucet behind me. <laughs> I'm down to 229. Uh, That's almost 30 pounds in three and a half weeks. And what it's was insane. my response? It's like, girl, how do I how do, get, sign me up? I was like, what is he giving you? <laughs> I want that. So, um, but no, and so, so that's, that was the, the whole joke about the opener, right? Um, that I can look down and, and see my penis pouch. Literally, that was the first thing you said to me when I walked in. I know. I was like, oh my God, Nick, I can see my penis again. It, it's been a long time. It was like six hard, long years. Um, but Welcome yeah. back. But, you know, aside from that, you know, um, trying to somehow keep some sort of normalcy for my dogs, right? Because I was home for two years and they were used to me being here all the time. Mm-hmm. And if it weren't for the fact that I had to go back to the building, I probably would still be not going anywhere staying home and and being a homebody because you know me i I just don't go anywhere yeah you know Um, it's weird though i mean you you know two years that's a long time yes it is you know what i mean and you were efficiently working and Mm -hmm. you found a rhythm and you really actually started to i feel like enjoy your job a little bit more again i did because i I was able to do it without interruptions. See, because what people don't realize is that when you are amongst your peers and you're someone that carries a, a very significant knowledge base of what you do and, and the business that you're in, you're someone that that are constantly being interrupted. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have a question for you. Or, hey, can you help me with this? Or, hey, um, I can't remember what it was that you told me two months ago to, to do in this situation. And... And for me, while I love helping people, I can't get any work done. And so for two years, I was so hyper-focused and I'm in my own zone and being alone and being able to bang out my work and do what I need to do and and really like catch up on things that I've been meaning to do for a very long time. I've been in my field 15 years, so it's been a while. Uh, and going back into that building, it just all came, hit me like a ton of bricks again. And I was yeah. just like, oh my God, I, I, the first day I didn't get anything done. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get anything it's done. It's going to be weird for a while. I mean, I have to say, uh, you know, I, I'm obviously, I'm in the office, but we do have a very, we have a hybrid model. I mean, we're allowed to work from home one day a week, generally. Um, if we need to adjust, we can. But that one day a week... I don't know what it is because I'm still working. I'm working all day, but there's just so I feel so much more balanced. Right. It, it, well, and, and that's the whole thing too, right? Work-life balance, right? We we speak about that in in the sense that it means something, but when you're in a building, that goes out the door. You're expected to, you know, work crazy amount of mm-hmm. hours and produce crazy amount of like output with all these things mm-hmm. coming at you 24/7 and Having those blinders on and being alone was an experience that I really enjoyed. And believe it or not, I'm a very social person. I'm very outgoing, but I'm also very introverted. And I love my peace. I love being alone. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I'm very similar. Like I'm, I'm actually, no, I'm not introverted at all. I'm very extroverted. But everyone hits that point where you're just like, I need you all to leave me alone. Right. And I hit that point last week and I was in a meeting on Thursday with my um, uh, uh, n- new coworker employee and 
<laughs> the things that were coming out of my mouth, she was like, Nick, I don't think I've ever experienced this from you. I feel like you've hit that place. It took you, it takes me like, it took her what she would say, like a lot less time to get to that place. Whereas me, it takes a lot longer to get to that place. But right. I was just like, I need me time. Right. And then I tried to take some me time on Friday and yeah, I have a new job. It's a bigger job, and I, I'm so happy that I have it. But even trying to take that time, it was like, I, I didn't get it. Right. <laughs> you know, my my email, my phone, and everything. And yeah, I could shut off my phone, or I could shut off my email for the day. But then it just like, when you get to a position where you have all this responsibility, it's like you can't. You can't turn it off. It's hard. It's hard. It, it really is. And, you know, I I have a newfound appreciation for people who um, have the ability and the capability of working for themselves. Authors who write books that mm-hmm. can enclose, like, shut themselves into a space and just create a world. Right. Um, and it just really like allowed me to like really appreciate people who do for themselves and enclosed spaces and work and produce, um, which leads me to a reminder that um, our pre- our last week's guest, um, Hans M. Hershey, um, his new book came out on Saturday. It is now available uh, in all platforms and in all versions. There's an audio version. There's a hard mm-hmm you know copy um so uh, as a reminder uh michelle i think it's what he calls it uh, fallen angel of paris uh which was uh written and released this weekend is available we have all the information for the book on last week's post so if you're interested and you want to support an amazing lgbtq plus artist who um I'm a little jelly gets to work from home and, and create his creations. Um, make sure that you check out the book because it is available. Yeah. And, um, but no, it, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. So, um, why don't we move into some, some stories? Yeah, Speaking of folks who are going to, um, be retiring soon or having an opportunity to do a lot of things from home, Ellen DeGeneres, um, announced that her final taping, of the Ellen DeGeneres show actually occurred. It's already been recorded and it's slated to be released on May 26th. And so you got to understand the significance. This woman started the show in 2003. Um, you know, that, that was before the iPhone was invented, right? There was no iPhone. There was no <laughs> social media. There was no Facebook, maybe MySpace. I think MySpace mm-hmm. was around because iPhone came out in 2006. Oh, MySpace was definitely around. Yeah. Um, so MySpace was a thing. My MySpace is still somewhere out there. Right. <laughs> and, you know, in the last season, there was a lot of trouble, you know, with, you know, allegations of employees not being treated right and racism, et cetera. And, you know, some changes were made on the show. But nonetheless, she made the decision to declare or, or announce that that would be that this season would be her last yeah, and I'm wondering um, if she was kind of pushed into that, but you never know. I mean, you never know. I, you you have to think about the fact that you know, while she is a person that has been a very significant person in our community, mm-hmm. has um, suffered um, in the sense that you know, when she declared and came out, she lost her job, and then she got this opportunity. She's a white woman, mm-hmm. um, you know, in in a space where in a talk show where you interview a myriad of people, right. And, um, having those allegations of racism and, you know, employees being treated, um, not right. And being a white woman is kind of hard. Um, she's also a white gay woman, but right. Um, and it was just, you know, I, I see this, you know, we all have an opportunity to grow from situations. And I think that this is something that, that she experienced and will grow from, but she doesn't need to grow from it. She's going to retire. She's going to go and she's not retiring. She has her own network. She has so many more shows. Oh no, of course. But you know, she gets to hang around maybe for two months without doing anything. Just her and Portia by the pool with the gorillas, with the gorillas and all the, the doggies and everything else mm-hmm. she has. And, you know, I, I wish her well, because regardless of what has happened in the last year and a half, um, or even before that, because I think this was pre-pandemic. 
if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe in 2000. I think it was in the middle of the pandemic. Right. When they shifted to working from home, I think, yeah. Right. Regardless of what happens, you have to acknowledge the fact that her show has always been one that... um, that um, advocated for kindness mm-hmm. and for acceptance and tolerance, being a lesbian woman herself, married to a woman and being an icon um, per se in our community. It's, it's, it's going to be a very sad uh, thing to see. Cause you know, usually when I was home, I would get to watch it from the beginning. Now that I'm in the office, I get to catch the tail end of it. Right. The last 20 minutes when I'm rolling in, it's going to be sad to see that, you know, such a staple like Ellen DeGeneres would um, would no longer be on air. Yeah. I mean, I and she's your girl. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Part like I'm so, so OK. Yes, I do. Know. So I'm sad. Like, I'm really sad because I love her um, and I always have. And I thought that the work that she does is amazing and the people that she highlights on the show, sometimes funny, sometimes pertinent, sometimes passionate. And, you know, just she really cared about um, the amazing work that people were doing outside of um, the work that she was doing. I mean, her show itself uh, donated, whether it was through cash or cars or whatnot, over a half a billion dollars in 19 seasons, which is a lot of fucking money. Um, she really, I th- it, but at the end of the day, like it's hard because as an executive or a leader of a company, if there was, if there were things happening, it's your responsibility to um, see it and address it and not let it get to that place. Um, I don't know if she knew about it. I know know. know that she fired three producers after, Mm -hmm. after the whole thing came out, but um, I, I do in a way believe that, I mean, her name is on the show. It's her responsibility to make sure that her employees and the people that were employed by the production company felt comfortable and safe and, and nurtured in their working environment. And I've been in plenty of working environments where, um, they weren't healthy. Right. And all it takes is one person to create that toxicity in the workplace. Right. Yeah. Someone who doesn't like really line up with the, the culture, um, in a place, and and it's sad that right this is how she's exiting, but nonetheless, her impact um, was felt for decades. You know what I mean? And it will continue to be. So I'm not worried about that. No, of course. Yeah. I, and I think she'll continue to do good work. You know, and in um, in her Instagram post, um, she she stated, "quote um, Being invited in into your lives has been the greatest privilege of my life, and has brought me incredible joy." Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I, I think that is pretty much how you would be able to sum, sum up a career. Yeah. It's just it's, it's going to be sad to see again, not seeing her on air, but I'm sure we'll see great things from her. Mm-hmm. And you will. You know what? Like, so I've been watching um, the Drew Barrymore show a little bit and I've been watching um, Kelly Clarkson's new show. I love Kelly. Kelly Oak is on fire, by the way. Yeah. What can that woman not like not sing? I agree. But at the same time, when you watch the show, I feel like she's not very good at interviewing people. She talks over people. 100%. All the time. And like they can't. So I know. So I struggle with that. Uh huh. And then I look at the Drew Barrymore show and there are funny aspects and they have good like kitschy moments but i'm not like invested in it i'm like waiting for who is the next right who's the next oprah who's the next ellen Ellen. because ellen was oprah after oprah right for lack of you know better term um so i'm wondering i mean like who's it gonna be right i don't think are they gonna finally give me my show oh honey It'd be canceled in two weeks. Bullshit. <laughs> I think it will. I mean, they'd be like, Nick, you, you need to stop crying so much. Your first soapbox, <laughs> it'll be done. No, um, you're right. Who's going to be the next person? Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't think definitely it's not going to be Drew, Drew Barrymore. I love Drew Barrymore yeah, as an actress. I've, I've watched her since E.T. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when they told her that the poor little doll was going to die for fake and she started crying for real. Mm-hmm. They've had some really good guest hosts come on to Ellen recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying, I can't 
put, there was there was one that I was like, oh maybe Tiffany Haddish has been. That's who I was thinking. Yeah, of. she has been like on point, consistently hosting, mm-hmm. even Twitch, her DJ. Yeah, right. Um, I, could, I could I could get behind a <clears throat> Tiffany, a Tiffany Haddish. I think like she's she is fun. She's right. funny. Can be a little crass, but she really engages with people and but she see, cares about I, people. I think she enjoys the crass part of her comedy a little bit too much. And so therefore her doing a very, um, you know, wholesome uh, primetime or d- prime daytime yeah. show. Uh, I don't think that would be something that she would do 24-7. I don't know. We'll see. You but, know, but she but, could. She could. Yeah, she she did good. And they've they're had clearly other... looking for someone. Oh, uh, clearly. I mean. Like, who do you fill? Who fills Ellen DeGeneres' shoes? Right? Well, no one. It would have to be a complete. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting to see. And you're, and you're right. And Kelly, I love Kelly Clarkson as a singer. That woman can sing anything. Yeah, she's great. Anything. Mm-hmm. But interviewing, she's like constantly laughing, constantly talking over people. Uh, it, yeah, it's rough. And, and it's like, they, she doesn't let them finish a sentence before she's already jumping into another mm-hmm. topic and i'm like girl take a adderall or something learn to actively listen and then respond <laughs> right right but i still love her i still love her yeah i same. still love her and so anyway anyway isn't that like the, the ending of the ellen degeneres uh degeneres show like the the rolling credits right when they're showing her production company she goes anyway You've never seen... Oh, you don't watch all the way to the end? Like, see the post-credits and everything, right? No, no, no. You have to. You're going to see it now, and you're going to be like, oh my God, he was right. (laughs) Yeah, at the end of that. Okay. So, um, all right. Do you have anything you want to share with us now? All right. I didn't put anything in the notes. Oh, I know. So, Because we have Dr. G, so you will try to be conservative with our time and making sure that we get him on on time. So we'll talk about one more little story um, that comes out out of the City of Angels. We're talking about a gay club, which has been iconic in the gay movement for decades. Uh, An L.A. club called Oil Can Harry's is designated as a historic cultural monument in the city of Los Angeles. So um, the Oil Can Harry's was the legendary studio bar and nightclub that closed in 2021, was um, reorganized earlier this month for its, uh, or excuse me, was recognized for um, earlier this month for its historic and social significance. So it's not open anymore. It's not open anymore, but it was designated a, um, because of its social significance in the San Fernando Valley um, and what it meant to the LGBTQ plus community. So the Los Angeles City Council designated the building a historic cultural monument in a 14 to 0 vote. Councilman Joe uh, Buscaino, um, I, I guess, was one of the councilmen that was absent. Um, a little history on the club. Oil Can Harry's, uh, which opened in 1968 and was the longest running LGBTQ plus bar in Los Angeles, closed after the property owner sold it to a buyer who did not want to continue operating it as a gay bar. <clears throat> that being said, when Oil uh, Can Harry's opened its studio city in 1968, it was illegal for Los Angeles, um, in Los Angeles, for two men or two women to dance together. Um, one of the important things to remember um, is that, you know, at the time, LGBTQ plus people were subjected to um, routine police harassment and even mm-hmm. arrest. Oil Can Harry's was a place of refuge for those folks. Um, the monument, uh, the monument designation doesn't fully protect the building from being demolished, but what it does is if voted, it would give the city council 180 days for them to appeal, um, any order to demolish the building or do anything to the property. It would give them 180 days to do a study or an analyze, uh, and prevent the destruction while they're figuring out how they can save the property or or, or designate it to do other things other than being demolished. Uh, and if passed, then they can appeal. If that decision is, is closed, they get an additional 180 days to decide um, how best to use the space if, um, you know, now that it's been designated this, this historic um, designation. 
one of the things that the that this particular bar is famous for was having a spy hole at on its door and not only that it also had an internal siren system where if police was um present in the area they would sound the siren so that you know men and women who were dancing together would separate and then that way they wouldn't get caught um because you know it's yeah yeah, we're talking about this it was open you know a long time ago yeah you can tell and back then it was illegal and and so you know historically new york city san francisco would have police constantly yeah um go in and raid these places and then start arresting people so um i hope um my hope is that regardless of how questionable the building looks um, I mean, it looks like a bar that I would probably attend or it go to. It looks like at a bar we, that we work at. <laughs> or that we've been to. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I went to a bar in D.C. that looked like this. Uh, I don't really remember, remember much DC. of D.C. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Valid. Um, but whatever they, they, whatever comes out of this, um, I think that, you know, Maybe this could be an opportunity to whoever bought it, sell it and have this become a space, right? Yeah. An LGBTQ plus space for youngsters to go and, you know, find a place of, of refuge. Yeah, it could become a community center right. or, you know, whatever. So many different things. Yeah. I mean, it's got potential, a nice little paint job, a little rainbow on the on the wall, on the it outside. Needs a full gutting. Yeah, no, definitely a full gutting on the inside, but the outside, you know, the bones are good. Yeah, the bones. The bones are good. They're there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, much like, so there was a bar uh, in Westport, Connecticut that unfortunately got bulldozed. Um, It was called The um, The Brook, the Cedar Brook Cafe, and it was the second oldest gay bar in the U.S., um, before it got demolished in in the mid-2000s. And it was a sad day because that was the first gay bar I ever went to. Uh, yeah, that and partners. Yeah. So, but anyway, all right. Well, listen, uh, we do have Doctor Evan Ghosting uh, coming on, uh, so we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna bring the great Doctor uh, to speak about this month's topic. So, here's some music. We will be right back. All right. Well, ladies and gents, welcome back from that short little break. Um, We refreshed our cocktails, did all that good stuff, did what we needed to do. I think we did. No, we didn't. And uh, (laughs) well, they're not technically cocktails. It's it comes in a can for for whatever reason. They're delicious and uh, we're enjoying them. So so that was our break. And now. Uh, joining us once again uh, for the first time in a while. It's been a, a long time since we've been able to see this man's lovely, beautiful face. It is, of course, the one and only, the amazing Dr. Evan Goldstein of Bespoke Surgical. Dr. G, welcome back to the show. Where have you been? I've been around. Oh, we've been here. We've been here. No, um, we, we had some some scheduling issues. and Yeah, we and, missed a month last month. Yeah, we did. Don't oh, remember I'm why. Sorry. It's okay. Not your fault. I mean, we took some time off. We we there was a couple of weeks in the past two or three months that we didn't record uh, for whatever reason, either issues, you know. Mental she's or she's been going through it. <laughs> well, I hope you're back, brother. Oh well, I'm you good. know. Yeah. So, can we talk about the sweatshirt? Is this swag? A little bit of swag. Why you like it? Should I get you one? Yeah, it's cute. One hundred percent. I want a butt on my chest. <laughs> well, as of today, I'm a large. <laughs> you you look great. What's been going on? You want to talk about it on air or no? Well, I mean, I, I've been having some uh, medical issues. I was put on some uh, medication, and I've yeah. been having like consistent diarrhea for like three weeks and dropped like twenty seven pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's like, that's not good. No, it's not. <laughs> but I have an appointment with my primary next week. Yeah. Um, so we're going to address the situation. Oh, that's good. Yeah, well, that's good. I just uh, want to know what he's on. <laughs> you want to know what? <laughs> what he's on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess some people would be uh, just make sure you're using like desitin or like uh, some some aid for. Because if you have so much diarrhea, the skin externally gets so raw. You know I, what I'm saying? I, I've been using your smoothing cream. 
Oh, good. Oh, look at you. And that the tushy. Good. Yeah, I still have. I still have, and the tushy, of course. I still yeah. have a whole vi- um, vial left of the smoothing cream, which is amazing. So, oh, good. That I love awesome. it because it smells like sandalwood, and like one of my favorite scents in the world is sandalwood. So I use it constantly. Like I'll put it on my elbows and yeah, it just all makes over. You smell. It makes you yeah. feel good. It Not does. just for the butthole. No, it's no. Just very soothing. I love it. So what what are we talking about? I, I just found out. I think we're talking about like innovation in the sex space. What what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, we, we want to talk about um, a, a while back. We had a conversation about how condoms, for example, haven't really evolved. There hasn't been a, a lot of evolution in in the condom space and, and how people obviously we know how to use condoms. Well, most of us. But there really hasn't been a lot of change to it. So we wanted to have a conversation around that. What what has been changing? Um, what's new with, with, you know, contraception and, and protection? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that really not much has changed uh, in, in the years. And especially, I mean, that was the birth of Bespoke Surgical and then Future Method was really to push that narrative to say, well, wait a second. First off, what the fuck? Uh, second is like, if we are fucking, how do we, instead of one size fits all, how do we think of sex differently? And how do we think of sex as it relates to communities and even communities within communities? Uh, how do we start thinking about meeting people where they are Mm -hmm. without judgment, without bias and provide the education and product development that mitigates risk. The whole purpose of that is to say, how do we look at a problem? How do we come up with potential solutions to those problems, all the while allowing people to do what they want, when they want, with whomever they want, and how they want? Right. Now, when, uh, you, say, when you say products, right, in this article, you talk a little bit about, you know, um, the declining use of condoms within the gay community so when you say products are you talking about like your ph balance douche that helps with you know fissures and not anal bleeding and stuff like that yeah i think that there's a lot that goes into it and it's a lot that's in innovation uh that's currently being developed to try to say all right how do we start thinking differently now let's take a look at kind of the gay space specifically, I think 70 to 80 percent of us don't use condoms. And the reality is, is that condoms don't feel good. Uh, You want to bust a nut in somebody. It just feels so much sexier. You just feel more connected. There's a lot of positivity with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not that I'm not saying, hey, everybody should wear condoms. It's the fact that like even no matter what I say, people aren't wearing condoms. So how do we look at things differently? And that is prophylactic antibiotics. We spoke a lot of using antibiotics to know that, hey, this weekend I'm going to a sex party. Every fucking sex party I ever go to, I get an STD. How do I now prophylactically evaluate and treat myself so that I could mitigate the potential risk of chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, etc.? So it's a mindset of thinking differently. We speak of the douche. Yes, you made mention of an isotonic, isoosmolar concentration. Well, we know that water dries you out. We know that water, especially in excess, changes the microbiome. So why don't we do a couple of things? Why don't we come up with a solution that keeps you clean, makes you feel sexy, doesn't dry you out, and doesn't alter the natural flora, hence the future method isotonics anal cleansing solution. Then I said, oh, okay, well, even if someone's using my solution, they're using water-based lube or silicone lube or the act of sex itself changes the microbiome. So then I said, okay, well, why don't we just replace the microbiome? Well, we can't do that. What do you mean you can't do that? Well, because nothing can go all the way down to the S. Maybe we need to put it in a suppository. I said, well, I'd love for it to be in a pill. And then you could start to see the innovation. But I think if we take a step even back further, I think the the whole purpose of me and kind of bespoke and 
Greg and my whole team is to first define a problem. Right. And, and that took us a while because it's not just looking at products and figuring out. It's actually saying, OK, there's a problem. How do we now tackle all the things that are associated with that problem? Yes, the long-term risks of STDs and fissures and hemorrhoids and just bad sex practices. But more so, how do we educate to prevent that? How do we actually start talking about all of these issues? And that's why, obviously, we always applaud you guys. But looking at popular press to say, let's talk about it and let's – Make sure that we're not saying one size fits all and let's hold medical staff accountable and let's hold, you know, educators accountable. And so I think that a lot of the discussion that we spoke of in this narrative with condoms is looking at Durex and uh, all of the other makers to say, well, wait a second, like especially in a community that 80 percent of people don't use condoms. We're missing something. Right. Right. And how do we now define that in a way that doesn't take people out of the game? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, like, dude, you do you. We as a products company, as a healthcare company, as as educators and scientists, we now need to say, OK, how do we meet you there and really come up with the appropriate innovation to do that? So so. I'm hearing a lot of like, you know, a, you know, proper education, right? When we look at the current climate around the country and all of these bills that are being, you know, introduced including the don't say gay bill, which I know incorporates a lot more than just this don't say gay concept, how does that make you feel? Um, as somebody who's trying to educate people about safe sex and proper gay sex. I think I, it's obviously it's I'm conflicted on on both sides, right? Clearly from a humane perspective and allowing every human being to be who they are, where they are and comfortable and able to live the life that they want. We all know that that should be reality, Mm -hmm. right? But, but the reality is, is that nowadays, thankfully we're in a time where people have access to appropriate Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and and access to the Internet and access to question people's authorities and and really start to gain access to this education. And so it actually makes us even more uh, enthusiastic with where we are and what we're doing and how we're trying to make change, because now I know that, like, people are really going to be searching for it. And if they're living in a place where the access is quite limited, now it behooves all of us to like write more articles and talk more about it and dispel more of these myths so that people can start to look differently. Now, look, all those guys, those are all, they're all, they all take it up the ass. They're all fucking, (laughs) they're all, they're all closeted, homosexual. They're, they're toxic masculinity. They have no concept of what it is. Nobody gives a fuck about them. Uh, the reality of what lives they're leading and all of this type of stuff. They shouldn't care about how other people lead their lives. They should just be supportive and happy. And everybody on this earth should be able to live the life that they want without any question and have access to everything and be non-judged. There should be no stigma associated with it. That is the utopian society. But you have to look at the level of education, the exposure to all of these people. You look at inner cities and cities of why people flock and why gays are constantly going into these massive cities where people have the appropriate education and the appropriate understanding of communities and being a part of it. So is it sad? It's so sad. Is it going to change in our lifetime? I I don't think so. I think that it's just going to continue to plague all communities, not only our community. It just is a hate-filled campaign that at the end of the day – does service to nobody. So let me ask you a question. So you had mentioned, you know, uh, clearly there is no doubt that the innovations that we've seen in the last seven, you know, 
in the last seven years with, with prep and all of these other amazing tools that we have uh, to combat HIV uh, um, are significant. But you mentioned about 80% of people don't wear condoms. Um, do you think that's driven by the most recent innovations that we've seen in the market um, today and, and in health? Or are those numbers reflective of pre-innovative innovative, um products and, and, and medicine? Well, I think, look, you know, we were the tail end. How old are you? I am 43. All right. So, yeah. So we were like the tail end of kind of HIV AIDS. Right. Um, and so, you know, you look at back in the day uh, of most people, the reason why they got HIV was because they weren't using condoms, right? right. Um, and it was this kind of free for all, uh, embrace sexuality and be, you know, open as, as much as possible. Um, and then I think either you died from HIV and AIDS, right? Complications of such, or that group really started to use condoms or didn't engage anally for a long time because they were so freaking scared, right? right? Then all of a sudden, now you have this younger generation where. HIV management is no different than diabetes, and you have access to medicines that allows you to live just the life that you want, right? And now PrEP comes into it where it just goes full circle. And most of the kids now that are on PrEP never saw the HIV AIDS and the Kaposi's right. sarcoma and the terribleness of pain uh, and, and a decimation of a huge, uh, millions and millions of people. So, so their approach is... Well, if I get an STD, uh, I, I get antibiotics and I'm not judging that because at the end of at the end of the day right now, whether we talk about super gonorrhea or resistant stuff, everything that I have seen recently is treatable and approachable. Right. Right. Um, so and I understand why everybody wants to do that. So the thing for me is to say, OK, well, maybe we start thinking about changing the lubricants and putting medication in the lube that we're using. Mm to protect against STDs and HIV and other potential issues, mm -hmm. right? Let's say I love to lick ass and I constantly get Giardia every time I lick someone's ass. Well, wait a second. Can't we do something besides a fucking terrible dental dam face mask? What's Can't Giardia? We Say it again. Giardia? What, what? Oh, it's a it's a parasite that a lot of people get from licking ass. Oh, OK. And, and it's just a lot of uh, people don't know that they have a parasite in them. And then you go downtown, you know, you go downtown, enjoy yourself. And then you're literally ingesting it. And then all of a sudden you start having diarrhea, 26 pound weight loss and all these other things <laughs> that are there. Wait, was, <laughs> was I eating ass um, three weeks ago? No. Oh God! No. I was just. I wish I was, uh, but but that's but that's what it what it is. And so now you start to say, okay, well, I don't know. Maybe I maybe you chew a piece of gum, while you're licking ass, and that gum has a protective effect. You know, it's again, people don't think the way I think, right? Because I'm constantly seeing issue after issue, and the goal for me is I could just stop there. And say and just take care of the issue. But I look at it the other way to say, OK, if there's an issue that's constantly coming to the office, how do we prevent that issue from happening? Mm -hmm. And now it then starts to behoove us to look at innovation. And I think that in gay sex, nobody cares about gay sex. Now it's starting to happen. We're talking about it more. Companies realize there's a lot of fucking money to be made uh -huh. specifically in the sexual wellness and the gay space. Um, and so now, finally, when it's kind of, you know, money and dollars, we're also starting to see people be like, oh, yeah, why has that been such an underserved community? Right. Let's really work together. And I, believe me, I come into contact with amazing people, people that are not even in our community that are just allies and super supportive to say, yeah, this is ridiculous that there hasn't been innovation in this space. Mm -hmm. And how do we all work together 
to push the narrative and the needle to start really, really thinking differently and providing products to support that. Yeah. I do think it's important, though, you know, when we talk about the fact that you're not going to shame somebody for not using a condom, how we continue the conversation about still protecting yourselves. I mean, I read an article maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago, about a meningitis outbreak in in Florida. Um, And I don't think a lot of people in our community see that as necessarily an STD, but it does actually um, affect the gay community. And it's not like one of those things where you can hopefully just take an antibiotic and be over and done with it. Like you could be hospitalized for that. You could die. There's a lot of issues with that. Yeah, you know, um, I just did a, a thing with Sniffies on the meningitis and the vaccine that's out there, which, again, I agree with you. I think it, uh, it thankfully you guys are talking about it and a lot of others are pushing it. So people start to see it on their social channels. Now, Florida had a pretty significant outbreak and people that were traveling to and fro can bring it to other states. You know, it's a saliva. So just kissing can give it to you. And thankfully, most people do quite well and it's not a huge issue. But you're right. There are definitely issues associated with that, with hospitalizations and sometimes death. And the reality is, is that just by getting a vaccine, you can be protected. So I think that a lot of it is the educational side, you know, of really raising awareness to all of these issues. And Mm -hmm. I always think of sex and we speak about it at nauseam of the before sex, the during sex, the after sex. And if you start to kind of think mentally, all right, how am I preparing for sex? Am I douching? Am I using water? Am I doing a shower hose? How much am I doing? Am I taking a pre pre and probiotic, you know, daily? What about fiber supplementation? How can I like approach my sex world with less? I always say less is more. If you're able to use fiber and good diet, and pre and probiotics and not douche, that's better for you. Okay. Um, it's analyzing like, are you using uh, dilators before? What about a lube shooter? Mm-hmm. Can you pre dilate and pre lubricate? Why do you do that? Well, because you need to decrease friction. Well, why do I need to decrease friction? Because friction causes irritation, and irritation causes STDs and injury. So by diminishing and understanding the anatomy and what we're trying to achieve with lubes, better douching practices, dilating, lube shooters, setting yourself up for success, now we're into the, all right, let's fuck. I've already done A, B, C, D, E to sustain a really good sex practice, Mm -hmm. but minimize risk, right? Now with lube. People love water-based lubes. Well, most water-based lubes, even the organic ones, they fucking suck. And not only do they suck, they are so hyperosmolar, meaning that they're on the wrong side of the spectrum. And what happens is it causes irritation. It causes the change in microbiome. So you start to see the same discussions that we had in the bucket of before sex with during sex. And that's why I still think silicone lube is the best. Mm-hmm. You Don't deal with the water-based issues. It is better of a lubricant. I know it fucks with our sheets and our Calvins and all that stuff. But again, that's why we came up with the (laughs) anal exfoliant and the soothing cream to really hit that. Also, like, again, don't let a top just get behind you. He's not going to lubricate appropriately. He is going to just stick it in. And what happens? It causes tears. It causes trauma. That then sets the stage for the translocation of bacteria, viruses, HPV, all these things. So you start to see this cycle. And that's Mm -hmm. why I behoove all the listeners. If you're thinking the way I think, it's analyzing each part of your sexual game to start to say, okay, if I'm seeing higher risk STDs or I'm seeing that I'm tearing all this, how do I analyze it in a way to mitigate risk? And that is educating doing some changes in practices and also switching to companies and products that support the way we want you to engage. My last thought or concept that I want to talk a little bit about, and I don't know, a while back we had talked about um, Bespoke uh, potentially creating a foundation to help um, 
with educational initiatives, whether it's with pride centers around the country, whether it's, um, you know, getting getting certain things to uh, the younger sexually active community that otherwise couldn't receive them is bespoke thinking about initiatives like this. Yeah, 100 um, percent. We have a, a lot of really great stuff going into 2022. Uh, a lot of amazing innovation. Soon you'll have some products that we're launching with that I think will hit home to exactly what we're talking about. So you got to just stay tuned over the next month and a half because, again, it's 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 pushing this narrative. Mm-hmm. Also, an amazing, amazing collaboration that we're working out the final details that I think will be just like this. You know, we'll be sitting here and be like, do you believe look at what we've accomplished all of us because you guys have helped uh, me get to where I need to be. So all this stuff leads back into innovation, development, uh, huge push from organizations and huge, huge ass companies um, and also more specifically starting to kind of circle back into a foundation component. And I didn't forget about you. I I know. I know you are our head of foundation. Looking, I'm looking right at director, him. <laughs> director. Absolutely. So we're, we are we are there. But yeah, you know, I, I again, there is so much that needs to be done. Yeah, there's just so much that needs to be done, and I think that uh, you know this is a lifelong passion and goal of of what we're trying to do at Bespoke and Future Method and my own. And what, you know, I see day to day, I mean, I just finished with some Skype calls and, you know, one of the guys hadn't had sex in five years with his partner and was just like, Evan, I know you see 15, you do 15 surgeries a week and see 75 people. But like, I just need to take this moment to just say thank you so much. I know Mm -hmm. you know what you're doing, you know, to help the community, but like, you know, just to let you know. And that's what gets me up every day to fight this mission to kind of dispel all these myths and taboos but Mm -hmm. provide services and provide the education to let people just do what they want how they want and when they want yeah and that's important you know the the fact that you go out of your way um to engage the community whether it's through a podcast whether it's through you know in person or or live presentations it is important for people who who want to do this work to find a way to engage with community because it is the only way one that you'll get your message across that will allow people to actually listen to what it is that you're saying, which is extremely important, right? Our sexual health is extremely important. It drives how we're going to live the rest of our lives, right? In, in a sense, or, or if we can get to that point where we can live the rest of our lives healthy in a healthy way. Uh, and so, yes, thank you. Thank you for, mm. for taking the time to engage community, to engage us, um, to give us four years of your time crazy. Um, and, and to do this in a way that that is in educational. It's fun. It's witty. You know, um, you're unlike any doctor that we've ever encountered in the sense that you're not afraid to tell it like it is. You know, you're oh, not- that's awesome. And I think one of the things I would just say is just continuing on kind of you know, us not using condoms, just things to think about is that we spoke of prophylactic antibiotics, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Also, we do a lot with prophylactic antivirals like Valtrex for if we know you are having herpes outbreaks and there is a potential sex party or engagement that you don't know necessarily what's coming through the door. There's a lot of this kind of innovation where you can start kind of sprinkling it into your world. And if you're in a place where you don't have access to it, by all means, you know, you can Skype or DM through us. There's primary cares that now with telemedicine provide all of the access to this. Um, And you could start to look at your sex life in a way and know that there are products that are changing the way we engage to minimize as much risk as possible and maximize that pleasure. And even though we say condoms and this and that, PrEP, we speak of, obviously, post-exposure prophylaxis is available, Valtrex and acyclovir for antiviral type stuff for herpes. We speak of, from an HPV perspective, the vaccine that most people don't know, it's now up to the age of 45. And I think any gay male, especially if you're bottoming, should get the HPV vaccine. It has nine different types of protection in it, and a lot of them are high risk, and most people don't 
get that vaccine. Um, so one is, I think that's another way. The meningitis vaccine we spoke about. Really, don't forget about all your hepatitis stuff. And so again, all of these things really should be spearheaded through a primary care physician that you are completely in trust with, understanding, really evaluating your sexual world, and knowing that there is so many things that need to be done and can be done the right way. Yeah. I mean, I want to keep going, but. Well, no, what what I was going to say, obviously, you know, we don't want to keep you um, um, all night, but if, if you can give us a top three of things that you can do, if you're not going to be using condoms, what are your top three must do's um, as, as a means to try to minimize um, any potential exposure to STDs? I think the pre and probiotics that we came out with from uh, Future Method are imperative to better bottoming. It just replaces that microbiome and diminishes, in theory, the concepts of STDs, irritation, fissures, etc. So I think one is that. Two is minimizing douching. And if you are going to douche, to douche with something that is substantiated, whether it's the isotonic, isoosmolar, or as things develop, uh, that component, I think those two are a must. Um, and then I think it's really t- looking at your world and making sure that you do the STD evaluations that are appropriate um, and do it in a way that allows you to get a really good snapshot of your sex world to make sure that you're mitigating as much of that conversion to an STD or issues associated with that. And you have to take control of your own care. You know, one of the things I learned very early on in my career is trust no one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I learned that. And, and the second is do everything yourself. Uh, and that's, you know, I'm a Leo, I'm a type A person, but I still trust no one. And I do everything myself. Why? Because I see it. I see it all the time that, you know, the reality is, is that you have to take care of your own body. You have to be your own educator. You need to be your own proponent. You need to really, really take what we're saying here and go into the community and and really hold everybody accountable. And if they're not doing what you need to, try another one or do it yourself. Now there is a lot of access to all of this to minimize. And there, there should be no shame or judgment with that. It's more of how do we protect everybody in a better way. Right. Right. I agree. And you know, there's no better person on this earth to protect your, you than yourself, right? Educate yourself, know what's out there, know what risk you're taking and how you can mitigate those. And don't count on your partner to be that, that gauge for you, right? To, to think that they're going to be doing the right thing and that you shouldn't because they are, uh, because you just typically, it doesn't, and well, when, when, when we do that. So, right. Yeah. And especially because we all engage with everybody, you right. know, and anyone that says they're in a closed world, the reality is like, you're not, okay. It's <laughs> like a, it's, I get this world. I mean, it is what it is with that being said, every person can be a potential person that you're engaging with and you want everyone to have the same understanding and approach that we're all trying to teach just to, to make it better. And then also like, shit's going to go wrong. It always does, right? It goes with all of us. And so own it and say, all right, that fucking sucks. Communicate with your partners, be communicative with your doctor, solve the issue, and then analyze it in a way that you're able to hopefully never have that happen again. But if it does, shit fucking happens. Now we Mm -hmm. just need to know how do you treat it? How do you have access to the care to make sure that it's all treated from a community-based perspective, as well as educating yourself to change habits without being judged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you, when one clown car just comes driving by and one falls out, they all fall out with them. So (laughs) shit goes south quick. Um, Wow. This was incredible. Dr. G, thank you. That's all we can say. Um, You're amazing. And again, the information that you provide to us um, and to our listeners and to the people that you engage on a daily basis is just just truly life changing and and changes our views of of how we look at sex in in a completely different way and and especially bottoming. So thank you. No, 100 percent. Thank you both. And 
I have to write a little bit more some stories just because we haven't done some stories in a while. I've, I've had some crazy shit happen in the office. I've just been like so crazy with so much stuff going on. But I'll come up with some tales from the tales so we can laugh again. Yeah, that would well, be we're, great. We're looking forward to it. Jack, I'll never <laughs> let go. Oh, my God. We yeah. got in trouble for that one. <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> Well, uh, as always, it's our pleasure, and um, please make sure you let us know when you got some new stories, because we'll be more than happy to feature them on the show. Awesome. All right, guys. Have a great evening, and I'll see you next month. All right. Love you lots. I love you, too. Bye. Ciao. That's the incredible Dr. G. I love that man to death. He's just uh, incredible, and uh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that was a good conversation. Yeah, it was fun. A lot of um, really good information, and, and and one key takeaway for me, which obviously it's something that we've we've discussed before, is to start understanding that um, we are. I think we should be past the point of shaming people for how they engage sexually, and look for ways to mitigate the risk. Right. And and not look at it in, in such a negative way, because I'm one because I'm used to it. Right. I, I grew up in that generation. Well, why? Why won't you just use a condom? Right. And for me, I have to check myself and recognize that that's judgmental in a way. We've moved beyond that point where we can we have alternatives uh, that could be just as effective. Um, and, but um, but allow you to just explore sexuality in a different way. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. All right. Well, that was a fun little episode for you. Um, and I, it needs to be addressed. Jay's not with us today. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's important. Yeah. We should have addressed that way at the beginning. Yeah. He's with your boyfriend's boyfriend. Right. Um, <laughs> we caught him. I uh, know Jay, Jay took the night off because he wasn't feeling well. Um, you know, shit's going on. Something's going on. Um, but he will be back with us next week, hopefully. And um, and yeah, so. Jay, get well. We miss you. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's all we have. So we're just gonna um jump into some of the the usual uh ending of the show things that we do. So I'm gonna toss it over to my girl Trish so that she can uh go over what we got for Mama Kim's minute today. Do you want your love, girl? Yeah, sure. She does. All right, everybody, here's Mama Kim's minute. Number one, complaint filed in Florida to ban the Bible as it's too woke gotta look into that article number two gay and bi men can soon donate blood without restrictions in canada right number three drunken homophobe attacks a flight attendant mid-flight he could get locked up for 20 years well deserved yeah yeah if you're gonna be a stupid idiot in, in you know Forty-five thousand feet, fifty thousand feet up in the air. Then you, you get what you get. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, one more thing. Can I just please, 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 please watch uh, Heartstopper? Yeah, we're, we're, we'll have to come back to that next week because we'll talk about that. That'll take us hours. <clears throat> so I've already watched the entire series. I'm going to watch it again. That's Same. how good it was. So watch it, and then we'll have a, a really good conversation around that. Maybe that could be something that we can talk about. Maybe that's about. next week. Yeah, next week. Heart so stopper. watch it. It's on Netflix. It is amazing. Uh, amazing. Anyway. Um, all right. Do you want me to take On This Day in Gay History? Sure. All right. On This Day in Gay History, brought to you, of course, by our good friend Trish, uh, who found it for us today. Uh, when? It is May 2nd, 1994, where Washington, D.C., the first issue of Metro Weekly is published. Originally a gay and lesbian magazine, it is now one of the oldest LGBTQ plus publications in its region. So bravo to Metro Weekly. Um, I remember when I first saw the first issue of that and seen a nice little hot daddy on the cover. Well, I picked this one because it was nice and short and Jay wasn't here. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, ladies and gents, once again, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. Uh, If you love the show, make sure that you go subscribe, rate and review the show on your favorite podcasting service by doing so you get the latest and greatest of our shows delivered right to your web browser as soon as our episodes are published you can also support us on patreon which allows our listeners yourself to support the show with a monetary donation which we collect monthly and can be in any denomination of a dollar or more trash all right all right. Next week, it's all about the dish. And thank you, thank you, thank you to our guest, Dr. Evan Goldstein. Four years later. I know. I, I, I'm still shocked that he hasn't gotten sick of us yet. 
I think he loves us. I think so. I think he truly, honestly loves us. All right. Well, here's Nick with a weekly reminder for all of you bottoms out there. We've been talking about this a little today. Uh, Who want to keep your buttholes on point? Yes, we are talking about future methods. So I'm going to give her some love and go. Thank you. All right. Get the future method today. Each time you clean out with water or enemas, delicate tissues are harmed and cells are damaged, increasing chances of injury and or STDs. The first of its kind doctor developed formula gently cleanses before you play without hurting your bum. Visit visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life changing bum cleanser today. Yes, queen. All right. I'll let you take the next one, too. Uh, should we put a rubber on it? Wait, um, what was it that he called it? Uh, a, a, a dental dam? A dental dam? Yeah, that's yeah, no. no, we're not going to put it on. Let, no. Um, no, maybe we won't put a rubber on it today. Okay. We're going to put an <laughs> alternative way of sexual health on it today. There you go. Our show is available on our website, gaytalk20.com, under audio podcasts. It's also available for a free download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. You can find us on social media, Facebook, GayTalk 2.0, Instagram, GayTalk 2.0, Twitter at GayTalk20. You can email us at GayTalk2.0 at GayTalk20.com. Tom, take it away. Let me try. I'm going to try. All right. If you need to reach out to us, just head on over to our website, click on the contact us tab <laughs> located at the top of your web browser. There you can leave comments, suggest topics, submit a question for the cast or an individual host, or you can also call us while we're live streaming. It's also a possibility. Our phone number is 334-GAY-TALK. If you need all those digits, it is 334-334-334-429-8255. Yes, the number's from Alabama. Don't forget that we do stream live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can access that live stream by visiting digitalstreamradio.com. With that, ladies and gents, that is our show tonight. Thank you and have a good night. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gay Talk 2.0. Tune in next time for more Dish.